Welcome to The Do Zone, where we talk with real entrepreneurs doing real work who share their best tips, tricks, and stories about getting things done. I'm your host, Josh Thomas. Tag me at JT Literally and show me how you get things done. Every week, I'll pick the best posts to feature across all my social networks. This podcast is brought to you by Factor One. If you're already at six figures in your business and looking to get to seven this year, there are three key shifts you need to make right now in order for it to be possible. Go to IamFactor1.com now, and I'll not only share exactly what those three key shifts are, but also how you can get them set up for your business in less than six minutes. Once again, that's IamFactor1.com. Today's guest is Dave Ebelar. Dave is a data scientist, creator, and founder of Data Lumina. Dave, welcome to the Do Zone. Tell us something you believe is the key to getting stuff done that most people wouldn't think of. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me, Josh. Well, to, to answer your question, for me personally, it comes down to having a really good productivity system. Now, I'm a big tech guy, so I look, like to use all kinds of systems and tools. But for me, that specific tool is Todoist. Basically, my whole life is in there. All the tasks, my priorities, everything that I have to do. If it's not in there, it will likely not get done. So that is basically like the center of my productivity, so to say. And I really focus on that, the systems that I use in there. And that is really whenever I wake up, I open my Todoist. Boom, I know what to do. Prioritized by task, etc., And I just go uh, throughout the day checking off the boxes. For me, that's how I get shit done. <laughs> Yeah, and so I can't believe that for a podcast called The Do Zone that we don't advocate or have Todoist as a sponsor by now. So talk to me a little bit about, okay, so Todoist, uh, how how does somebody use that and kind of incorporate that into their life? Give me some of the, idea, the, the features, if you will. Yeah, sure. So there are a lot of ways to, to go about the software, but it, it, it's free to start. So if you don't currently, for anyone listening, don't have like a productivity system in place, I would highly recommend just checking it out, download it. It's really easy to get started. So how I personally use it, I use some kind of a tweaked version of the getting things done method, which is a really popular method in the world of productivity. I believe it's by David Allen, but don't uh, don't quote me on that. But the system basically lets you sort your incoming tasks first into an inbox. So that is where you capture everything. And then from there, you give everything a place. And now the, in the original getting things done approach, you have the next actions waiting for sometimes kind of buckets that you can put tasks into. And I've kind of made my own version of that also with projects I'm working on, clients I'm working on. But basically to, to summarize it, I have my inbox. I dump all my ideas in there throughout the day. So when I'm walking, when I'm going to the gym, when I'm working, ID pops into my head. Oh, this is something I have to do. I put it into my inbox and then every day, at least I go through that inbox and sort everything. So I put it into a project. I put it into a next action list, for example. And I also might add some notes, some additional information. And I also, and this is also a big thing about how I use it. I give it a priority. That is a feature of Todoist and it gets a little color. So you have priority on four levels. And like one is like a red one, so high priority. So I try to have like one of those like every day. So I know when I wake up, okay, this is like my number one thing that I have to get done, my one thing. And then 
everything else I, I try to get done, but if I can only get that one thing, then for me, it's a win. Nice. I love that to do it. You know, I've, I've seen it around. I've never actually used it or checked it out. So I think you, you finally, you gotta, you gotta convert. I'm going to check it out. And, and really we should reach out to them. It's the do zone. We need to get them sponsoring this podcast. We need an affiliate link or a sponsor, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> we need to make that happen. And so I'm, I'm curious, Dave, uh, I know that uh, you have you have said that uh, you you were obsessed with AI before it was cool, like ten years ago. And I'm trying to think of like what did AI even look like ten years ago? Did it even exist? You know, because everybody today is talking about Chat GPT. And so, talk to me about what was the state of AI in 2013, and where where have you seen it evolve over the last ten years? Yeah, sure. So yeah, AI, it's 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 all the hype right now. Everyone's talking about it, but but AI has been around since the the, the 50s already. The 50s, the 60s were the first breakthroughs, so to say, in, in the world of artificial intelligence. And these were mostly just statistical models that now, with the help of more powerful computers, became smarter and had somewhat of a capability to, to learn on its own from data. That is where it really started. And my AI journey goes back, like you've mentioned, like 10 years ago when I first studied, started studying artificial intelligence. So I did a bachelor uh, and a master's degree in it. And back then it, it, was, it was quite different. Um, it was more focused on the, the classical machine learning models that are still used Every day in a lot of applications that are used that you're probably using in a lot of business applications, a lot of businesses use these. But as of recently, we have seen the shift to large language models, which we can get into the things like that run ChatGPT, for example. But like 10 years ago, it was more like the classical machine learning models. And without getting into all the technical details about what that means, it are basically you can think of them as various like algorithms or models or, or calculations that can learn patterns from historical uh, data or just data. And through or by uh, by putting the data through all these, these models, these calculations, the models will automatically tweak param little parameters in order to achieve a desired outcome. And that is basically how you can automate things. Mm -hmm. And that is how if you open your Instagram, your feed is now ordered in a way for you to basically maximize your time on a platform. That that's all machine learning. That's all AI. So, and I want to I want to yeah. comment on that because yeah. the uh, there's a documentary that came out a few years ago called The Social Dilemma. Yeah, and uh, it talks about that exact thing right there. Where uh, if in one of the one of the quotes that stood out to me about that uh, documentary is someone said I can't remember who, but he said, look, you have this little box. And on the other side of this box are all of the best PhDs, all of the best computers, all of the best technology, and all of the money in the world fighting for your attention. And on this side of the box where you are, you've got like this fleshy wad of goo that hasn't had a firmware upgrade in more than 2 million years. Who's going to win that battle, <laughs> you know, and, and that, that stood out to me so much because everything is designed to maximize my eyeballs 
on this website so that they can show ads to me. <laughs> That's basically, the basically, thing. Yeah. yeah. And so AI, how that fits in is it is reading and analyzing your behavior and it's seeing that, oh, if I show something that is of this political affiliation, you're going to engage with it. If I show something that's negative, you're going to engage with it. If I show something is positive, you're going to ignore it. So I'm going to make different decisions so that I can maximize the amount of time that you're spending on this. And that's where it's like, it's like a double-edged sword. It's like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to maximize your time on this website. I'm not necessarily looking out for your best interest. It's weird, right? How these uh, social media platforms have evolved over, over time. And they they give you like a great experience because you actually see content that you like most of the time that keeps you on the platform. But is that really w what you want from those platforms? Like you said, that comes back to like the, the double edged sword. So so yeah, that that's all all machine learning. That's all AI. And like more specifically, like you've said, it's it's the data, it's the the behavior patterns that you show on these platforms. But it's also in I don't, I'm not sure if a lot of people know that, but it's also based on like clustering. So finding similar groups of people that have similar behavior to, to what you're doing on the, on the platform. And then if, for example, someone in the cluster or a group of people in the cluster like a certain kind of video, then you probably like it as well. And that is how they constantly experiment and test with, with showing you, for example, new cat videos, funny cat videos, or whatever shows up in your feed. And so where do you see the future of AI? Actually, I interviewed Sean Clark, who's the founder of High Level as a CRM. I interviewed him last week and I asked him this question. Uh, and I, But I'm interested to hear your idea of having been studying this for so long and seeing where we are now and getting an idea of where we might go. What do you see as the future of AI, let's say in the next five to 10 years? Yeah, sure. So difficult question. This I have I have lots of ideas, but of the, course nobody knows. The great knows, thing about but, it, yeah. though, Dave, is is yeah. like nothing you say can be wrong because it hasn't happened that, yet. So is, just you can is, just say the most outlandish thing and be like, oh my god, he's so smart. Yeah. So just 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 go all out. No, <laughs> what I what I'm really seeing right now, and that is also, I see how, like how fast things are going right now, and not just only from like the, the the end user perspective as in like people using the apps that uh, now utilize AI but also like on the back end on the technical level of how these models work operate and scale so to me when I started studying AI like I said it's more like the classical machine learning also some some deep learning neural nets but what we're seeing right now and especially like in the last like half year to, to a year or so with, with the rise of these large language models is things are getting really crazy. And GPT-4, for example, right now, the, the latest model of OpenAI, the company behind ChatGPT, that model is already at, at such a level to me of like, you to me, you can call that, I think you can call that intelligence. And what we're seeing right now is so this model is, is now out there and it will improve and it will scale exponentially because that is what will happen with, with technology like this. And what we're seeing right now is people and companies are trying to build their own like smart applications around this powerful model. And that is really where 
where where where the power is and this is also where where the value is so out of the box this model is already very powerful and you can kind of think of this like like the internet for example think of large language models like gpt4 as like the internet like all of a sudden the internet was there and it was crazy right so many new possibilities so many new opportunities but what really made like value and what um has and what made like large businesses uh, arise and grow is basically what they did on the internet. So they created websites, they created applications, they created services. And that is what we're seeing right now. So this model is out there, the internet is out there, and now you see companies doing all kinds of cool things with it. And I think what will what we will see over the past like five to 10 years is like I said, an exponential scale in the capabilities of these applications and just a lot of automation. And I think like a lot of jobs will get replaced. Definitely, if you look at office office jobs, so, so back office kind of stuff, basically people working behind a computer, these models, these applications will be able to do that a lot better, much more effectively than, than, than humans can. Man, it's crazy stuff and it's it's scary, it's exciting. Nobody knows what's going to happen, but, you know, as long as you stay ahead of it and and you embrace, like, it's not going away. So we have to find a way to to kind of live with it. And so so tell me a little bit about um, what is it that uh, that you do and how can people reach you? Sure. So in the, the introduction that you already gave me, I work as a data scientist. I do that independently through a company called Uptrend Analytics. And I also run a YouTube channel on which I share all things about the work that I do, data science and AI. And you can find that like under my own name. So that's Dave Abelar at YouTube. And next to that, I run a company called Data Lumina, which is a coaching business where I help data professionals that want to launch and scale uh, their freelancing business. And that you can find at datalumina.io. So that is really for people that are currently already at the technical, have the technical skills, currently work as a data professional, but have the ambition to launch and scale their freelancing business. And that's really what I've been doing over the past five years. And that is what I now help people with. And I am growing a, a community on. Okay, awesome. And so Data Lumina, and this is this is for data professionals that are, that are looking to kind of take it to the next level. Exactly. Love it. So datalumina.io for that. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. Okay. Excellent. Thank you so much, Dave, for coming on here and sharing some wisdom uh, about, first of all, about Todoist and how you get things done. And also to indulge the conversation about AI, which like I can't get into any conversation without AI coming up these days. And so I appreciate the perspective and especially kind of your wisdom as, you know, 10 years in AI, that basically makes you like the grandfather of AI at this point. Basically, well, <laughs> you're, you're like, you're like the OG, you know, <laughs> I did so, it before it was cool. <laughs> that's right. Before it was cool. So, hey, we're going to wrap up uh, for now. Thank you so much to our guest, Dave Ebelar, for being on here with us. If you want to learn more about uh, becoming a better uh, data professional, you can go to datalumina.io. And you can also find Dave Ebelar on his YouTube channel by just looking up his name. And that is E-B-B-E-L-A-A-R, Dave Ebelar. Thank you so much. And we're going to uh, wrap up here. If you listen to us on your morning routine or your uh, commute or your workout, be sure to snap a selfie and tag me at JT Literally. Tell me what you do 
in the do zone. And also, if you're ready to break the seven-figure barrier with your business, but you know what got you here ain't going to get you there, then it's time to make some changes and we can help. Go to IamFactor1.com now for a special message I made just for you on the exact changes you can make in less than six minutes. Know this, you are Factor One for your own success. Now, let's get to work. If you're a small business doing at least six figures and you're trying to level up, but you keep getting smacked down, pay attention. There are outside forces at play that you're almost certainly not aware of. No, I'm not talking about the president, the economy, the Federal Reserve, or inflation. I'm also not talking about your industry, your competition, or current market conditions. I'm talking about you. There are invisible forces that are keeping you from breaking through to the next barrier in your business. That's why you keep repeating the same cycle year after year. You think next time will be different, but what you don't realize is that you're running through a huge maze and your opponent has every turn memorized because your opponent built the maze. Until you get your hands on a map and come up with a plan of attack and execute it, you're just going to keep running circles over and over and you'll lose every time. You'll never find the exit without a plan. The good news is your opponent is predictable. Your opponent follows the rules. You can beat your opponent because you don't have to follow the rules. You see, you have free will. Your opponent is restricted to the rules of the game, but you can make your own rules. You just got to have a plan. And in order to get a plan, you first have to take responsibility for putting yourself in that maze without a map to begin with. Because you are factor one for your own success. Your opponent is your comfort zone. If you're ready to stop running circles in the same circuit year after year and finally break free from the maze, join factor one. We are a unique development program for six-figure entrepreneurs. We'll airdrop into your exact location of the maze with a paper and pen, and we'll help you draw a clean map to the exit using our bird's eye view. We'll also arm you with the tools you need to defend yourself properly, and we'll walk with you shoulder to shoulder to make sure you get out safely this time. We don't leave anybody behind that doesn't want to be left there. Join us. Go to IamFactor1.com right now, and let's talk about getting you out of that maze once and for all.